Hey guys, how are you? Yesterday, I went to a writer's festival, which was a very fun. I went to a couple panels. I learned so much more than I thought I would. Guess I'm stupider than I thought, huh? <laughs> no, really? Um, I had lots of fun. And especially a panel that I liked had some authors that talked about setting and character. And I learned a lot from them and took lots of notes. So I wanted to share what I learned with you guys. Because I know some of you will be interested and also because this will be a great way for me to review my notes as well So I'm gonna split this video into things I learned about setting character and then just also random writing advice So the panelists that I saw were Jackie Bateman who talked about the second book um, Savor in her series. Also, there was Alexander Boldasar who talked about his first novel The Ugly Which I really want to read that book looks so good and Lawrence Veragin talked about his series so Let's peek through my notes, shall we? Alrighty, first I learned about micro settings. Now, this is basically a setting within a setting. And Jackie Bateman talked about this. She talked about how you don't need a bunch of description. You don't need to go overboard on the description to still give people a feel for your setting. You can just point out a few important details that have significant um, like weight and they will invoke emotions in your story. Jackie also said about setting that jail never gets old. If you need a place to set your characters, put them in jail. And when she said this, I immediately thought of Prison Break. Something about setting and character both that they said was that um, some readers need more description than others, which I found really insightful that like some readers are fine if you just tell them, um, oh, there's a table with a vase on it and they can just picture a room. But other readers need more description than that. So that's, it's hard to find the balance between that. So when you're trying to decide um, between having a lot of description and having minimal description, something that can help is to show the scene from one person's point of view. Because they're not going to need to notice everything because, you know, our brains ignore the things we're used to. Things you don't need immediately but that will help you find more focus. And you should interject detail about the setting with some more of like the character's thoughts, other things, that way your chapter's not so heavy on just description, 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 because you know, that can get boring. Alexander Boldazar read from some of his book and um, he discussed that he used minimal description except where there was a lot of conflict between his protagonist and the environment because in that case he needed more description to sort of show that conflict. But other than that, he prioritized doing a lot with minimal description, which I thought was very interesting and smart. Also, I found it fascinating that he was focused on nouns rather than adjectives. So, like for example, he, um, the scene that he reads is about his, his character who's going, who goes into a bathroom and um, he uses nouns to make the reader feel cold by like talking about the tiles and mirrors and then later like very soon you find out that the character is naked but before that you're already cold with his use of nouns which i just found which i found brilliant um also he said that he used mirror three times in one passage because mirrors bounce off each other so the reason that he used mirror a lot of times is to parallel the bouncing off of reflections which when I heard that, I was like bowing down because I thought that was genius, just genius. Oh my gosh. Also, he used the word mirror because um, some of the characters around the protagonist were Harvard law students who 
cared a lot about their appearance. But one of the primary things that settings can do, of course, is to set the mood, the mood of your book. Alex did say, and I know this, not to use a lot of metaphors and similes, because we're used to like using similes and metaphors if you're like writing in school for essays, but if you're writing a novel, using too many of those can sort of get away from what you're actually describing. And about setting, Lawrence Verigen said that um, you shouldn't make a laundry list of descriptions. So like, if your character walks into a room, you don't need to go through every object in the room and describe it by making like a list, because that is not a good description. You can break expectations to make your story stand out. like especially like setting expectations. Like for example, Lawrence was reading from his book and it's set in like a seedy club, but there's some woman there who's holding a jar of pickles and the pickles sort of stand out, but they also make the place more real. Cause even though it's like not what you'd expect in a club, it still, it sort of makes it feel more real cause it's less of a cliche. Also, I like that Lawrence foreshadowed um, the environmental corruption that would happen later in his book, like at the very beginning of his book. I thought that was very smart to foreshadow something that would happen later at the very beginning. And moving on to character, Jackie Babin. Can I just call her Jackie? Jackie talked about how <laughs> it's not just about the support, the main character. It's not just about the protagonist. It's also about the supporting characters and the antagonist because the supporting characters give influence and create tension with the protagonist. So it's important to have characters that you know why they're there, that have a purpose in the story and are that are well-rounded. Jackie talked about this triangle that she imagines of characters. So at the top there's a protagonist, then there's the antagonist who is against the protagonist, and then there is the impact character. The impact character isn't the antagonist necessarily, but they have a force against the protagonist and their um, role in the story can start off small but then it can have a larger role later on. Besides the triangle, coming off the protagonist, there's also um, the sidekick character who makes the protagonist like feel good. And then there's also the skeptic character who tells the protagonist that they can't do something, who's, you know, questioning the protagonist. Your supporting cast and other characters are just as important, arguably, as your protagonist. You have to think about why they're there. Are they there for emotional reasons? for helping reasons, helping the protagonist, or are they there to hinder the prota protagonist and give them some sort of um, struggle? Alexander Boldazar, Alex, said that um, he thinks about setting, character, and plot, that there are different legs that work together. So I love the passage that he read from his book because he talked about how like, just your setting isn't just your setting it can also give you hints about the plot foreshadowing it can also talk like give you it can also tell about your character so alex believes that like all those three things should work in tandem and they shouldn't be separated there should be like this flow between the protagonist and the environment and alex talked about how tension between his characters is what really drove his plot his book the ugly is about like tensions and clashes on every level um and he really likes to defy expectations by like, um, so having one setting where it's Harvard, but it's in a toilet in Harvard. So, you know, you're sort of flipping what people expect when you say Harvard. As for characters, your characters need to have resolve. They need to have something that they want and, they're, and they'll either change what they want or change themselves to get what they want or they'll just work really hard to get what they want. Lawrence also reminded me that people have things that they repeat all the time, like words that they repeat in their daily lives and you can use that 
for each of your characters to make them sound different. And this also grounds the reader. Like if your character says, mm, yeah, over and over again, like not too much, but you know, then it sort of grounds your reader and like, oh yeah, this is who this is. Lawrence also said, don't describe the character all at once. Do it as you go. Because I think we have all read some bad fan fiction. They just give a character description and then start the plot. Don't do that. <laughs> Unless you want to be experimental and you're doing something cool. Obviously, you can break all the rules if you're trying something cool and new. And finally, part three, general writing tips. I really liked that they said that your first draft is just you telling yourself the story. Because I feel like when you're writing a first draft, at least for me, I'm always thinking about the audience and like, oh, I need to edit this. But they said to just finish your first draft because you're, it's going to suck and it's going to take a lot of revisions, but it's like that for everyone. And as long as you just have to finish your first draft. That way, at least you know the story. Alex also, like his book is quite experimental and he talked about breaking the rules. You know, like sometimes you hear writing tips. I mean, everyone hears writing tips, but they say to like be specific, you know, don't just say, oh, there was a tree. Say there was like a 500 year old sycamore or something like that. But he likes to break the rules. For example, in his book, um, he says that one character says, yeah, in says, um, yeah, in the same way that um, a character does from a popular TV show. But in the book, they never actually say the name of the TV show because um, the protagonist doesn't know that TV show because they're not from um, America. But Alex said that in his head he was thinking about Friends, the show, but he never actually said that in his book, which goes against the be specific idea. So he likes to break the rules, which I found really cool. They say you gotta know the rules so that you can break them. So by making this ambiguity, the reader feels sort of in a side character's head because they do say that it's from a popular TV show, but not entirely because they don't say the name of the TV show. I thought it was really funny when Alex said that for The Ugly, he didn't have an outline. He just took characters and settings and smashed them together and ended up seeing what happened. And I really like that concept, actually. I think that's a great way if you're stuck on what to write about, take a character, take a setting, bam. But Alex did say that for his second book, he is writing an outline because it took him 16 years to write The Ugly without an outline, so try to outline if you can, guys. Lauren said that you need to create momentum in chapter one. You need to get the reader swept into the story. Too much description can slow down the pace, but not enough description and your reader is left clueless, so gotta balance that. Something really simple that I like that the writer said, and I didn't even take notes on this, but they said that um, for them, like writing, they said that writing is hard and it takes a long time. And I felt really comforted hearing that because sometimes you think, oh, it's just me that is so stuck and confused and doesn't know anything. But they talked about how they had to learn writing and how it's a hard pro process and some things that they wouldn't do. Like for example, Jackie said she would not want to write a trilogy next because it takes a lot of work and it's very hard to get like the second book really good especially. Um, because the first book you're like really excited and the third book it's like the grand finale but the second book you gotta like re reference the past book but while still making its own book and also allude to the third book without giving too much away. And at the same time each book has to stand alone. So they talked about running trilogies is very hard. So I felt comforted hearing that, you know, writers, writing is hard and it's not just me that thinks that. And again, Alex said he likes descriptions that do multiple things at once. So you can describe a room that like tells it from your character's point of view, makes the reader feel cold, um, create some sort of tension all at once, which is hard to do, but very good and potent and effectful and 
has that much more impact on the reader when you do it. So after hearing all this, like I've been reading um, The Miseducation of Cameron Post. It is by Emily M. Danforth. It's such a good book. Um, but while reading it, I've been like thinking about um, as the characters are talking, I've been looking at what's happening as they're talking. Like for example, characters are talking and there's like an ant moving on the sidewalk. And I've been thinking about how that parallels the situation and what the characters are saying. Because if a writer is a good writer, they will not have things happen on random. You know, they won't have characters talking and then have like an ant moving on the ground and getting like blocked by their feet for no good reason. It'll serve multiple purposes. So I've been thinking about that and reading more carefully and thinking about why the writer chose to include that there at the same time as this. One thing that I really liked that Jackie said just in, gen in general about writing was to write what people actually do. Like even, I feel like I have a tendency to like try to go fancy and think of like complex interesting plots and quirky characters but Jackie said you should write what people actually are actually do. Like even murders she says will sometimes help old ladies cross the road. Which is true. Well I hope you guys enjoyed hearing all of what I learned because I found it so fascinating. Um, let me know what your favorite writing tip because I'm sure everyone would love to hear it. I think it's great that when writers support each other. I think you should definitely check out all those three authors' books. <laughs> I know I will be. Also, I got a free ed edition of Geist from the um, festival, which is a magazine, a writing magazine. Um, I can't believe I got it for free. Normally it's eight bucks, um, but hello. I actually really love this magazine. It's like full of poems and stories and articles. My favorite article that I actually wanted to share with you guys was um, this one by Terrence Burns called South of Buck Creek. It's a photo essay um, filled with photos of when he went to the, what was surveyed to be the unhappiest town in America, known as Springfield, Ohio. He shared his stories from the poor community and the people that live there. And I really, really like this article. So if you guys can get a hand on it, do. One that I'll share with you actually is this one. It's about a photo. So basically he shares like a photo and then a story about the person in the photo. Okay, this one is called Terrier, 1966. The first day I visited Main Street, I met a young girl wearing cat's eyeglasses, a pleated wool skirt, and an impeccably ironed white blouse. She held the hand of a younger boy, her brother, who was impatient to get going. When I asked permission to take her picture, she seemed, she seemed not to understand what I wanted, much less why. For a moment, in her confusion, she released the little boy's hand and grasped her own wrist. And then there's more, but then there's also this photo. And I thought this was such a, like, telling photo with a lot of symbolism. I just thought this was beautiful. And when I saw that photo, I read the entire photo essay because it's truly so good. And I can't believe I got this free... <laughs> free edition of a magazine oh my gosh i had so much fun at a writers festival let me know if you guys have ever been to one thanks for watching guys be sure to subscribe because i make a new video two times a week and i will see you next time